all of the incredible things that have happened in my business, even after, like I'm talking months, months, maybe even years after the summit is over. Did you grow up being told that going to college and getting that dream job was the only way to be successful? Well, that was me too. After applying to 100 jobs in New York City and getting no responses, I changed gears and figured out that my dream job was not really having a job at all. I tried a bunch of different ways to make money online, but nothing quite felt right to me. That's when I realized that if I wanted to make it big, I needed to be serving the people I truly cared about, doing the things that got me the most excited. So I went all out helping everyone I could by teaching them everything I knew about sales funnels. But there was a problem. I could use funnel strategy to grow other people's businesses, but how could I use it to grow my own? This podcast is here to give you that answer. Listen and join me on my journey as I reveal the real talk behind the scenes of the world's best internet sales funnels. My name is Brennan Kelly and welcome to What the Funnel. What's going on, podcast? Welcome back, everybody. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Bailey Richard. She's an award-winning business coach who helps individuals launch and grow profitable online enterprises as infopreneurs. So a lot of you guys probably know her from her work with ClickFunnels. She was one of the amazing speakers this year at Funnel Hacking Live, and she also managed the 30 Days Summit for Russell Brunson and the Affiliate Bootcamp, the new one that they just put out. So she was one of the amazing speakers, and she actually grew the 30-Day Summit to over a million dollars in sales in just two weeks and got herself her first Two Common Club Award. So hello, Bailey. Welcome, and thanks for coming in. Glad to have you on. Thanks for having me. No problem. So why don't you just start? Um, I mean, last episode, we spoke with Austin Ford. He is the challenge funnel king. Now we have the online summit queen. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into doing online summits? And um, yeah, we'll take it from there. Sure. So more broadly in my business, I'm actually a business coach for infopreneurs. So I work with individuals that want to launch or grow businesses, uh, sharing their life experience, knowledge, and passion with others through information, products, and services, eBooks, courses, coaching, that sort of thing of which virtual summits is a part of that. So um, I got into summits around 2016. That's when I launched my very first summit. I was doing a different infopreneur business for a few years, was fully transitioning into becoming a coach at that time. And even though I knew my stuff, you know, I knew info products in and out, I didn't have a lot of the assets that I really needed to have a successful coaching business. I didn't have the credibility. I didn't have the email list. You know, I was essentially just starting a brand new business again from scratch. And so while I was still pursuing so many of the different things that, you know, we're supposed to be doing, we're supposed to be putting out content and blogging and getting on podcast interviews and all those things are wonderful. I still do all of those things. They were a little bit slow going and I really wanted a way that I could leverage um, some faster growth. And one of the best ways to do that is by partnering up with people in your niche, doing some sort of affiliate partnership or relationship. And there's lots of different ways that you can do that. JV webinars, you know, technically this podcast is a similar thing. Um, but I decided to do a summit. Now, I did not invent summits. They've been around long before I started in business. They're going to be around long after. Russell Brunson even told me that he did summits at the beginning of his career, I don't know, 15 years ago now, something like that in marketing. And so um, I just decided that I was going to look at what other people were doing in the world of summits and make it my own. I developed a 90-day process for launching a virtual summit. That was how long it took me to do my 
very first summit. And that was incredible for my business. I was able to grow my email list by thousands, be profitable by thousands of dollars. Instantly, people started to see me as a credible coach in my field. And the visibility and new opportunities that came out of that were fantastic. So I turned around and decided that I was going to do it again the very next year in 2017. And we quadrupled our results. It was amazing. And so it's been a pleasure for me to continue to do my summit every year. The Infopreneur Summit is what my summit is. And we've done that four years now. We just finished the fourth year a few months ago, which has really been incredible. But I've also had an opportunity to work with tons of students and clients. I mean, literally hundreds, maybe even thousands now of summits. And one of the most notable of those was the 30days.com summit that I got to do for Russell in the fall of 2018. And those of you who might remember this summit, it was 30 of his two comma club award winners were asked the question, um, what would you do if you lost your entire business and had to start again from scratch and you only had 30 days to essentially be profitable? You didn't have to get back up to a million in 30 days, but you know, be bringing in some money. And they developed their plans. We interviewed them. We put on that summit. It was a huge success. That summit funnel made over a million dollars in 13 and a half days. So that was pretty wonderful. And it's been really cool because because of that, project that I did with Russell, and now I've also done his affiliate bootcamp summit as well, uh, people have definitely started to recognize me as a bit of a virtual summit expert, which has been really fun. And I get to counsel even more people and coach them about how to do profitable summits to grow their business as well. Wow. Awesome. Quite, quite the backstory there. I mean, yeah, you were the absolute first person that I ever thought of when I was thinking summits, you know, I mean, obviously your presentation at Funnel Hacking Live was amazing, but now literally as soon as I think summit, your name comes up. So Thank um, you. For those, <laughs> that's, that's excellent. <laughs> I mean, that was the goal, right? Yes. So um, for those in the audience who might not know exactly what a summit is or how it works, mm -hmm. could you just kind of explain the process to them? And maybe sure, definitely. Yeah, a virtual summit is essentially an online conference. So if you think about what a real conference is, you're going to be flying out after you bought a ticket to this event, staying at a hotel, eating at restaurants, sitting in a big room with thousands of other people, watching these speakers share tips about life, business, what have you. And then you'll go home and try to implement their advice into your own life and business. Well, with a virtual summit, the attendees don't have to travel. They can watch all of the speakers from the comfort of their own home. They don't have to eat at restaurants, nothing like that. Basically, it's this online learning event. Now, if you're putting on the summit, then you are the host. And in my opinion, hosting a summit is one of the most amazing things that you can do for your business. But a lot of people do question, well, if you're the host, how are you actually benefiting from this? And there's lots of different ways. The first, of course, is your email list growth. A lot of people call a virtual summit a lead generation, lead gen event because of how many emails you'll get. The idea is you as the host are going to be bringing together a lot of different peers within your own niche, your colleagues or other influencers you admire, and you're going to be doing interviews with them for the summit. That's the content that you'll be sharing with all of the attendees. But you're not the only one that's going to be promoting this event. You are going to recruit all of your speakers to share it with their audiences as well. And when they do that, their audience members are going to be registering for the summit through your funnel, which is how you, you will get their email address and they will join your email list. So email list growth is one of the biggest. Of course, there's revenue. You can sell in all access pass, which is usually the front end offer inside of a virtual summit funnel. But you can, of course, also sell your other courses, upsell people to masterminds, challenges, coaching, all those sorts of things too. 
you get an opportunity as well to grow your own network. You know, you don't just have to invite people to be a part of your summit that you already know. This is a really great opportunity to invite other influencers you admire, people that you feel are maybe even a little bit out of reach <laughs> that you would always love to work with. Now you have a reason to reach out to them. So you do, grow, you do grow your sphere of influence as well. And then of course, there's all of the new opportunities that come from the visibility from your summit. You are going to be interviewing the speakers. So unlike a real conference where they might get on stage and do presentations, largely virtual summits, we do interviews. It's just a lot easier. And so you're going to be, let's say you have 30 speakers, you know, 30 minute interviews, that's 15 hours worth of content that you're going to be able to be on camera for showing your audience, your face and, and really getting them to know, like, and trust you. And there's lots of really cool things that are going to come out of that. People are going to contact you say, Hey, can I interview you for my podcast? Do you want to do guest blogs with it? You know, a guest blogging swap opportunity or something like that. And so all of that stuff is going to help to grow your business even past the summit. You know, every time I do a summit, I do a case study of our launch, which is really great. But sometimes I really wish there was a better way to communicate all of the incredible things that have happened in my business, even after, like I'm talking months, months, maybe even years after the summit is over. And it's really hard to capture that in a case study, but it is the reality of what happens. Amazing. So, so, so many things out of there, you know, you're getting influenced by, by hanging out with people who are, you know, maybe one or two levels above you. You uh, build an amazing list out of it of people who are in your niche, right? And want your things. You can sell things on the front end and the back end. And, um, you know, it's everlasting business for you really and connections. So super cool. Um, so why don't we talk about some of the, you know, obviously there's a bunch of things that can come out of the summit that are great. So where do people maybe make mistakes in the process and building their summit? Where do things go wrong and how can we avoid those things? Sure. Well, there's actually many different places that things could go wrong. So one of the biggest ones is um, towards the end when you're entering the launch phase. So as I mentioned, I have a 90 day process for launching a summit and 90 days is three months, which is essentially three phases. So I have a three phase process. And in the first phase, it's all about planning. So you're going to be doing the logistics for your summit. When is it going to be? What's it going to be called? What's the topic? All that kind of stuff. And then you're going to be transitioning into phase number two, which is the creating phase, the speaker interviews, setting up the funnel, setting up the affiliate program. And then you're going to move into phase number three, which is the launching, promoting, and the execution of the actual event. Now, what tends to happen around, especially the end of phase two, is that people start to experience a little bit of burnout. They've been working on their summit for at least two months now. You know, there's a lot that they you know, poured into it, blood, sweat, and tears. And so when they get into the launch phase, they tend to sort of pump the brakes and just take a little bit of a step back, which is exactly what they should not be doing. A lot of people tend to think, well, I've done my part. I've done all of the work already. It's my speaker's turn to jump in and make sure that they promote. It's their turn to do the work. But that's just not what the, that's just not how affiliate programs work. That's just not how the event works. You as the host, it's your event and you need to take full responsibility for the promotion and the success of your event from day one all the way until the final day. And so just like when you're running a race, you know, people tend sometimes to slow down when they get to the finish line, but professional racers, marathon runners, what have you, they don't do that. They speed up. They just, they go through that finish line as fast as they can uh, because they don't want to add any extra time, right? To the, to the total amount of time it took them to run the race. They just want to go straight across it. 
That's what you need to be doing whenever you're doing a summit is as you start to get into that phase three and you start to get tired and you start to think, well, I'm just going to let my speakers take over. You need to say, nope, I'm going to keep sprinting through the end of this. And I'm going to keep giving it my all until the very end, because that's what's going to make your summit successful. So keep the momentum going and keep the sprint going. So mm-hmm. and I would assume that means even after the event too, right? Because after that, we're, you know, closing in the last sales and kind of following up with people to make sure things go smoothly, right? Oh, you're absolutely right. One of the most frustrating things I see is when somebody has spent so many months of their life putting together this summit and the summit goes pretty well. They've grown their email list. Maybe they've broken even on the front end and they've done even better with their back end sales and everything is great. And then they just feel like they deserve a break, which I'm not saying they don't, but they tend to kind of abandon everything for a few months. They just, you know, go on vacation for a couple of weeks and then come back. And then they say, okay, now I'm ready to start things back up again. I'm rejuvenated and I'm ready to go. But people that just joined their email list for the summit were hungry and eager for the content that you could give to them then a couple weeks ago, not now you've already lost them. And so people are really shocked and surprised to find that when they don't email their list right after the summit for three weeks, and then they try to come back in and pretend that everything is cool. You know, they've had half of their list unsubscribe and they say, well, what was the point of this? And I said, well, you know, you, you just left them hanging, you know, you brought them in, you fed them all of this amazing content from your summit. And then it just, you know, you just completely abandoned them. And that is absolutely not what you should be doing. So you're absolutely right. You've got to keep going even after that summit's over. Right. So finish out the job. You know, you can't stop halfway through, keep the momentum going. And then, yeah, that's true. I didn't even really think about that, but those people, they know, like, and trust you more than they ever have before. I mean, maybe they didn't know you at all beforehand, but now they've been hanging out with you for, you know, a handful of hours over the last few days. You want to keep that momentum going, you know, send them emails, uh, keep the offers open, you know, close the carts, use urgency scarcity. And then, um, you know, even after the sales are all closed, keep in touch with them so you don't lose them. Really good. Right. Absolutely. It's cool. So, um, let me hear, I want to hear since you've probably done more summits than, you know, 99% of the people out there, tell me one of the things that actually went wrong for you and how you fixed it up and, you know, made the best out of it. Okay, well, let me tell you a story from my very first summit. This was way back in 2016, and there was a huge mix-up with one of the speakers. It was an influencer I really wanted to have be a part of this summit, and I had gotten her on the phone, and we had a conversation, and I thought it went really well, and then uh, it turns out that I thought that she had agreed to be a part of it when she said that she had only agreed to think about it, I guess. So there was some communication there. But the problem was that I had started already advertising her involvement in the summit. She found out about it. She saw one of the posts or something like that and was pretty upset at me because, you know, I was apparently promoting her involvement before she had actually committed. And I understand her perspective, of course. Um, but I had thought, I genuinely had thought that she had already committed. I wasn't trying to advertise her involvement beforehand. Um, but nonetheless, it, that didn't matter to her. You know, it was, it was still very upsetting to her and she pulled out. Um, I was able to salvage that relationship with, um, you know, a lot of, um, I'm so sorry and trying to understand, you know, explain the miscommunications and all that sort of stuff. But I just learned through that experience how incredibly important it is to protect people's personal brands and to not try to take it. I wasn't trying to take advantage of her, but that's how it came across. But just to not try to take advantage of people, even though you are going to be leveraging their credibility, there is an inherent sort of, you know, authority sharing that happens when somebody comes onto your event. You don't want to make it seem like that's why you're having them on. 
And so some of the practical ways in which this manifests itself are, you know, not promoting people's involvement until they have absolutely 100% committed. You know, you can save yourself by making sure that you don't even promote their involvement until after they've done pre-recorded the interview with you or at least scheduled it with you because then you know at least at that point they're committed making sure that you always get their brand materials directly for them this happens to me all the time people ask me to be on their summits or their podcast interviews or whatever and then they just like google a photo of me and they don't use the right brand photo maybe it's something that was old it was from one of my old shoots or you know, maybe they even found a personal picture of me that I don't want them using. And they never even ask if it's something that I'm okay with. And I, if they would have just checked in with me, I would have sent them my professional headshot that I always use and things like that. So that's so important, but not even just with the pictures, making sure they are always using their right job title and all that stuff. So one of the things I do now to even just go above and beyond is anytime that they're face or their name or anything is going to be on a, one of the web pages associated with the summit before that page even goes live, I will send it to the speaker just to preview it. And I'll say, Hey, is this exactly how you want to be represented? Was this the right photo? You know, was this the right job title? Is this the right link? Is everything cool with you? Because that way, whenever it does go live, if they have an issue with it at that point, it's not because I didn't check, right? You know, maybe right, they want to right. change something later, but that's, that's their issue, you know? Wow. Yeah. I could totally see that going really wrong. I had something similar happen to me actually recently too, where um, I do a lot of strategy consultations with people and I do a lot of funnel audibles as well. So I was taking somebody who is pretty new to the game of funnels and looking over one of their funnels and uh, basically just saying, Hey, here's what's right. Here's what's wrong. I would totally go in this direction. Right? So I made them a five minute video, but it never got over to them. And then a few weeks later, um, because one of the features in their funnel was the dream customer networking. It was something like that. And then a few weeks later, um, well, through all my consultations, I realized that everything goes back to the dream customer or the avatar. And that's like my big thing. That's my theme. And that's how I build all of my strategy, everything around the dream customer. But then what happened was I sent out an email a few weeks later. And similarly to what happened to you, I got a raging email back saying, Hey, you stole my idea. What happened? You, you know, you didn't even send it to me. And the mistake was that I literally just never hit send on the video. So I guess, yeah, making sure that you have those systems in place and, you know, uh, double crossing your T's and dotting your I's and all that is super important as well. Mm -hmm, definitely. All right. Well, sweet. We're coming up to the end of the time here. Is there anything that you think the listeners should know um, about an online summit if they want to, you know, go about starting one up or, you know, really anything? You're, you're the pro here. So. Sure. I, you know, I think so many people think that virtual summits are only for established entrepreneurs, which isn't true. A lot of people think that in order to do a virtual summit, you already have to have this huge email list or this huge expansive network of influencers that you can rely upon to be speakers. And that, that couldn't be farther from the truth because the entire point of doing a virtual summit is to leverage the success of the people that you're bringing onto the summit to help you grow faster. So if anything, I think virtual summits are better for the beginners because it gives the beginners a lot more benefits. Now, of course, if you already have an established business, you can definitely run a virtual summit and you're going to get great results because you already have a certain platform of your own already built up. So with the beginners, you know, they're, they're starting from scratch, but nonetheless, in my opinion, it's one of the best ways that you can grow your business, you know, thinking about the results that you can get in just 90 days. You know, what would it do for your business to be able to grow your email list by thousands of people, have thousands additional dollars worth of revenue in your bank this month, you know, to be able to connect with 
literally dozens, if not, you know, a hundred influencers throughout the course of, you know, trying to get speakers on your summit and the visibility and all that stuff. What could that do for your business within just 90 days? It's truly, truly incredible in my opinion. And, um, it's, it's amazing in my opinion also just based on what I've seen over the course of working on so many summits for so many years, the different niches that summits can work for. You know, we do see a lot of niches in the make money online business coaching and consulting space that I'm in, of course, but I have seen so many interesting niches, um, with my virtual summit school students, it's been really fantastic. Everything from uh, we ha- the travel industry, we had somebody who was a vegan who was promoting vegan lifestyle on his summit. So I, it really, it's just been pretty cool. Yeah, that's amazing. Honestly, you really, there's not many ways that you can get results like that that fast, right? And so Bailey, I do have one more question for you. If you just have a couple more minutes to stick around. Sure. So, my idea, what, what I'm doing right now is I'm bringing 10 people through a beta group that I just started where it's basically, you know, similar to the one funnel away challenge, but get your funnel up and going within a week to two weeks, right? So would there be a way or it would, would it be a smart idea to kind of build like a mini summit around the success stories of that and then package them all and do it similar to like the 30 days? So like on the front end, maybe there's two videos and we say, oh, well, here's the interview. How did you use the system? And then we can go back further into the funnel. Now, these people aren't influencers, they're a level below me, but could that still work and would it be beneficial? Could you see it, um, you know, is that a viable option to build a summit even though it's not really the traditional style there? Does that make sense? Sure. Well, I like the idea for the content. I think that the people who are watching would probably get a lot out of that. But unfortunately, I don't think that it's going to help you so much if you're looking to grow your email list revenue and all those other sorts of things. Because what you're describing are, in your words, the people that are a little bit um, below you in business, uh, we would call those uh, the C-level influencers. So basically, there's this concept that there's A, B, and C-level influencers. A-level is like your Russell Brunson, your Tony Robbins, your Gary Vaynerchuk. They're famous beyond famous. And then you have your C-level, and those are people that are just starting in business who really don't have an email list. They're just getting started. And what you want to be going after in your virtual summit are the B-levels. So B-level influencers are people that are not so famous that they don't still benefit from being on summits and podcast interviews and all that stuff, but they actually already do have a business of their own that can be leveraged as a part of the summit. They have their own email list. They have their own audience. They know exactly how summits work or they know how these types of affiliate promotions work. So they're going to promote, they're going to get their affiliate link from you and they are going to share. So if it's those results that you're looking for, then I have to encourage you to go after more B-level influencers. But the concept for the content sounds pretty good. Right. So the, the content is the right idea, but just positioned in a summit is probably not the best way to do something like that. All right. I got you. No, totally makes sense. appreciate you answering that for me. Yeah, right, well, of course. No problem. Well, sweet. That's uh, wrapping things up here. I just want to say thank you for, uh, so much for coming on. It was a pleasure getting to chat with you. Well, thank you so much for having me. Hey, thanks for listening. Do you want some serious training to help you get more money out of your funnels? Recently, 100 people joined me in a live three-day masterclass showing you how to develop your avatar, then create the perfect hooks, sales messages, and offers that will have them begging for your products. Do you want those recordings for free? Head over to funnelavatar.com to get instant access today, and then we'll catch you on the next episode.